Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Kevin, how you doing, my friend? Did you say wherever you are? Wherever I you may be. Am, I am in rainy San Antonio, Texas. Can you believe that? It's raining down here. <laughs> that never happens. But what always happens is Kevin's on the move. He's across the globe. <laughs> He's a rock and roll star. And you're time traveling today because I bet you're at least an hour behind us. And yeah, you're usually in front right, of us, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, all behind you, but I had text mix last night, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so if you're a little I, bit sluggish I, today, perhaps. No, well, but hey. if, I get in the right, if I get in the right position, I'll get some jet power, and maybe I can catch up to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it all takes global supply chain moving forward, and that's kind of what we're talking about today, to segue uh, to a lighter topic. Hey, we're talking about tracking the ongoing Red Seas crisis, how it's mm. impacting global supply chains. You know, a lot of things are unsure, but one thing is for sure, ongoing disruption is the name of the game. Now, Kevin, in order yeah. to better deal with that guaranteed disruption, we're going to be talking today about the power of real digital transformation, including innovative use of artificial intelligence to especially optimize ocean supply chain management. And Kevin, much like you, we've got a great mover and shaker joining us today. Should be a great show, right? Yeah, you know, that sort of brings some memories back to me because you're going to talk about me now. You know, remember the uh, tanker war? Well, oh, I was yeah. in the Navy during the tanker war and I was, in, I was on USS America and we were in the Gulf and we were actually monitoring the oceans. We were taking pictures of the tankers that got extra sets into the side of them, looking at the Mavericks, uh, wow. blowing up the, uh, the tankers. And it was it's sort of like, the same thing that's going on today, right? I mean, years later. So it's it's sort of nostalgic, but it's it's critical. It's even more critical today that, you know, freedom of the seas is important to us all. Well said. And this disruption continues. It's another story that you're that it illustrates there. All right. So mm. we're about to bring on our outstanding guests here. Before we do, I want to say hello to Andre and Georgios and Amanda and Catherine, all the other folks that have joined us around the world. Also, if y'all enjoyed today's show, be sure to share it with a friend or your network. They'll be glad that you did. All right, Kevin, we buckled up, ready to go. We got to get to work. I want to welcome yes, in uh -huh. our featured guest, Ami Daniel, co-founder and CEO of Winward. Hey, hey, I'm me. How you doing? I'm I'm doing well. I'm here with a digital transformer, so you know, and, and a fellow Navy guy. So I couldn't be better. I feel I feel like a fish in the water, if you will. Well, digital uh, transformers yeah. connect. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> we got. I tell you what, we need this. We need to wire both of y'all to the electrical power grid. The whole globe <laughs> will have plenty of energy uh, for days on end. Hey, all right. We got a lot to get into, but I want to, you know, if y'all can't tell all of our audience out there across the globe, we might just have a little bit of personality on today's panel. 
So let's illustrate some of that. Ami. Is that you? Is that uh, you? Yes, can be. Are you talking about yourself? It's very exciting. I, I can't, anyway. No, please go on. So I want to start with a fun little warm-up question. So today is officially recognized as Beer Can Appreciation Day. Now, as the myth goes, it might be a myth, it might be a fact, who knows? It's reportedly meant to celebrate January 24th, 1935, when beer was first sold in a can at a brewery in New Jersey, of all places. So I want to use that to ask you both. There'll be parades everywhere. Folks will be celebrating the happy hour today. What is one of your favorite beers or adult beverages? And Ami, I want to start with you. I don't like beer. Okay. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I only like drinks if they have an umbrella in them. Okay. And, and, and the pinker they are, the better. Okay. So I know it doesn't make me very formidable, uh, especially not with, with a digital transformer here next to me. But I'm happy to celebrate the appreciation day while drinking like a pink cocktail on the beach with the umbrella, you know, dipping it in. <laughs> I mean, oh. I love it. I love, I love the image you're painting there. All right, so Kevin, that's gonna be tough to top. Your favorite beer you know or adult beverage? You know what? I used to like Ami, right? Okay. You know why I like Ami? Because he was in the Navy. He was in the Navy. I got a story about that, by the way. And when I was in Haifa, swimming in the sea. But anyway, yeah, I was born in Haifa. By the way, I was well, born in Of course, I, I was trained in the Navy while riding on the beach in Haifa, and all the American <laughs> ships came in in Haifa. It was great. I love it. Wow. But Man. if you're in the Navy, being when it comes to beer, I don't. I'm not a big beer drinker either. But the one beer I do drink is San Miguel or San Miguel from the Philippines. Okay, man. Actually, you know, I actually, I actually, I actually know the family. That's number one. Number two, I have a good story for you. Two, two good stories. One, and one of them is segue to for supply chains. Scott's gonna love that. So number one, here's a here's a challenge for you, Kevin. Okay. Corona beer. Okay. Yeah. Where do they drink them with a lemon and where without a lemon? Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. All right, you got to give us the answer, Ami. Okay. Outside of Mexico, they drink it with a lemon because that's their marketing. In Mexico, they don't actually put the lemon in. They don't drink okay. it with a lemon, yeah. Well, hey. No, they just drink Corona beer. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't remember Stoop Dog having a lemon in his Corona. <laughs> and, but, the perfect, but the perfect segue is that if you think about how – Corona is being made, and it's a perfect segue for, for supply chain. Is, is ABI and Bev make them, and they're the biggest beer manufacturer in the world. So if you think of the what? beer operation globally, it's cross continent, it's raw materials, it's finished products, it's distribution, it's supply Ooh. chain now, my friend. Agreed, agreed. And so Ami, before we make that segue though, we got some folks in the audience that you know want to weigh in. Uh, Andre's <laughs> back with us, Stella, our toy, uh, and he says perhaps he's being a bit yeah. cubery. With that selection, we have Seaham. Great to see you, okay. Seaham. Honeken, uh, she's a big fan of that. Dr. Yeah. Karsten Macholtz, canned beer is awful. They say, greetings from the Center of Beer Brewers in Bavaria, Germany. How about that? Okay, that's good. And Sarah says, in Canada, we add grenadine to the Corona and lemon. How about that? Mm. Wait, great nice. to have well, I didn't know that. Well, I, I need to add something, though. It's a, a very close second to San Miguel. It's the cherry beer in Belgium. Crick. Beer? It doesn't come yeah, in yeah, I had it. Okay. I had okay. it. My, my, my mother-in-law loves them. Do you love them as well? <laughs> yes, I love I'll, them. Yeah. I'll roll with Only it. I'll roll with it. And by the way, I got to add a little, 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 sport, little, uh, <laughs> little mention of Newcastle. Newcastle is delicious, and uh, that is a great beer. All right. So, I mean, we're going to go with that segue because it is a perfect segue, right? I think for a couple reasons. Because of the massive global supply chain behind our favorite beverages, but also it brings people together. 
And we, yep. goodness knows, we need a lot of that here today. And and really, this conversation, I think, is going to be very positive, informative, and in, innovative based on what you are doing, as well as ways we can do business differently. But before we get there, right, before we get there, context mm -hmm. is important. So, Ami, you and the Windward team have been on the move in recent years. For the three people out there that may not be familiar with you, briefly tell us what Windward does, okay? Sure. Hi, I'm Idania, co-founder and CEO of Windward. We're a shipping AI company. So we observe all the ships, all the cargoes, all the companies, and all the vessels in the world 24-7. And we help you take better decisions, which make you reduce your risk or make your money. We work with about 200 customers globally, blue chip ones. The U.S. government is actually our biggest customer. We're, we're very proud to make an impact on the world. So we touch everything that floats, basically, not just containers. Mm. So when somebody says supply chain now, they usually think containers. But actually, supply chain now is even more than containers, right? Some of them are raw, raw materials. Some of them goes yeah. to containers. So to get a hold of that, with 90% of the world's transport, cargo transport through the seas, you probably need to look at everything. So that's who we are. Love that. Well, my follow-up question before I get Kevin to weigh in on what y'all do and your background, because your background is fascinating. Uh, Kevin gave you up a little bit on the front end of our conversation, mm. but Ami, seven years in the Israeli Navy, and uh, tell us a little more about your background. Yeah, you know, actually, I'm a social entrepreneur originally. So when I was 16, I built a community center. I raised about a million bucks for that, and it's still wow. working, still happening. A lot of people, like 800 people in my hometown, in Haifa, by the way, Kevin. Uh, so yeah. just across the sea, it's called the Eye of the Sea. That's the neighborhood okay. in Shikmona, if you remember that place. Very nice place. And then I joined the Navy. My ship got hit from a, from a missile 2006, July 14th, 8.42 p.m., so just off Lebanon. So I know it's exactly the same missiles, by the way, they're shooting in the Red Sea right now. So mm. I know that missile from the wrong end, if you will. <laughs> and that same day, actually that same minute, actually general cargo vessel got hit and drowned just, I think, three clicks north mm. of us. So... So I think it's interesting to be here now because from many, many perspectives, from a supply chain perspective, tanker perspective, compliance perspective, trading perspective, security perspective, it all converged in the last month to a single topic that probably influences everybody listening to this conversation. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So uh, Kevin, I'll get you to weigh in, but before you do, what I love, Ami, and the little bit you shared, and there's so much more, a lot of ventures you've been a part of and initiatives, but from what I can tell from doing my homework, the common thread there is you've been, it's like you were born to make the world a better place. And I really, really appreciate yeah. that, that genuine component of, of who you are. Kevin, weigh in on, on just the experiences he shared there. Well, first of all, Haifa is a beautiful city. I love Haifa. I spent some time there in Israel. I did a um, half century bike. I went to Basada. I went to go float in the Dead Sea. That was that, that was great. I, I I loved it. Spent some time with the Israeli Navy. And it, it gave me a good time. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Wow. So, <laughs> great time. I, I, I just get a I just get an image of Kevin floating in the Dead Sea right now in my head. I think I'm not going to sleep for three days now. Like, oh. That's All what happens right. when you get a big belly. You can float anywhere. But, <laughs> All right, we got That's a lot fair. to get into. Man, y'all are quite the one to punch today. I, as, I, as I shared in the pre-show, I should have brought a lasso today. You got to keep your <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You just can't control us. Uh, it's tough. Some, some days yeah. are tougher than others. But, I mean, 
I want to get yeah. into more and more of, of what you see, what you are doing, the opportunities that are out there, sure. again, to do global supply chain and really global business better. I want to start by a little bit more context. You and your team work with business leaders around the globe that are, many of them are navigating today's complex, uncertain environment in supply chain or otherwise, but especially in ocean freight. So if you could start with a few observations uh, in terms of what's going on in the current business landscape in ocean shipping, sure. please, I mean. Yeah, I think, first of all, I think it's a bit of a aha moment, what happened last month and a half. Obviously, I'm meeting a lot of business leaders around the world, C-level execs, VPs, and so forth, CEOs of big forders, heads of logistics or big BCOs, tanker operators. We work with three oil majors. So I basically mm. spend more than half my time with them. And post-COVID, a lot of people thought, I, I would say even they discounted COVID because they said, oh, the supply chain mess, that was once in a lifetime. That's not coming back anymore, okay? That's done. Uh, freight rates jumped off a cliff. Everything was, you know, smooth sailing. People were thinking, whoa, there's the quick demand. Maybe the world economy mm. isn't what it is. And I think that's where the last few months are a bit of a black swan because it's an aha moment, even an epiphany that says, today's world, probably the pace has doubled or tripled. So there's always gonna be something happening. It's either the mm, Panama yeah. Canal, then there's the Red Sea, who knows what's going to happen with China and Taiwan if you listen to, to President right. Biden and, and to candidate Trump uh, and candidate Haley, I guess. And if you listen to what, what they say, kind of the, the, for a while, for now, uh, on China and Taiwan, and who knows what's going to happen with the Hormuz Straits where you, where you mentioned the Iran-Iraq war. So I think the mm -hmm. world is a very volatile place. So first of all, there was an aha moment. That's number one. Number two, I think preparation is super important. What I've seen is that our customers who took a long-term view of their business, which means, well, we need to digitalize, we need to be more efficient, we need to create more revenue, brought in technology, worked on the uh, digital transformation, if you will, Kevin, of their processes, yeah. actually excelled when, when the Red Sea kind of happened. Whereas the people who were on the sidelines a bit saying, listen, we're going to think about it. We're going to maybe going to save $100,000. What are mm -hmm. we going to do? You know, we have all these people, they need to do this. Their customers are not happy now and their stakeholders are not happy now because they get 450 emails a day on what's happening. Mm. So, so I think that's that aha moment. That's number one. I think number two, geopolitical tension has become a real driving force. So if you think mm. of the driving forces of the world right now, you think about the climate crisis, Panama Canal, yeah. right? COVID, by the way, is climate crisis probably. You think of geopolitical tensions, Think Red Sea, think Iran, Iraq, think China, Taiwan. So that's number two. And number three, I would just say derivatives of these two. And I'll give you an example. A couple of days ago, a tanker, which was sanctioned by the U.S., blocked the Bosphorus Straits for a day. Mm. So the reason it did it is probably because of geopolitical tensions and they wanted to punish that. So these are the big drivers. And I think business leaders, I think it's in the name, leaders. Uh, and I'd like to paraphrase Andy Grove's famous book, Only the Paranoid Survive. If you believe that only the paranoid survives in a world that moves so fast, you probably need to lean in and be a, kind of a, also a deep thinker and partner with deep thinkers, which is hopefully why I'm speaking to you guys. Mm. No, that's amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. Kevin, that's quite a list. We could do probably a series per item that Ami dropped there, but <laughs> respond to that, that those, those observations, Kevin. Uh, people don't realize that we have Iran and Pakistan exchange ICBMs, <laughs> yep. you know, just not long ago. 
And one thing yeah. I'd like to get Amir's comments on is that also, I guess a few weeks ago, maybe a month, there were shippers that actually suspended their operations in yep. the region because of the uh, attacks by, by the Houthis there, right? To me, it looked like a failure because for some reason, people no longer trusted the world to protect these waterways. The insurance companies apparently refused to start covering. And I, I don't, in my memory, I don't remember that ever happening before. Am I missing something? Was that, what was the failure there? You know, I think, first of all, I think trust is a strange thing because mm -hmm. it's intangible, right? And the business community and the free market goes after trust. I'd like to harp on that. I'm sure you heard of it, but Ukraine attacked with drones, Russian export terminal, yes. oil export terminal a couple of days ago. And yes. my view is that they've actually seen how much of a mess and attention the Houthis are doing, and they're getting attention at a global scale. So think of it, which with $100,000 of drones, you can get an attention, which with a 10 million bucks of budget, you're not going to get. And I right. think that, that view of getting something on the world agenda is quite interesting. And I agree, I've seen, I, I, I think, by the way, President Biden stepped up, as well as Prime Minister Sunak from UK. And they're mm -hmm. trying to verify and make sure people keep on trading there. However, when trust will go back, it's a good question. And insurance, by the way, just to pass through that area is between one and three million bucks a passage. So I'm not sure it is a clear cut anymore to pass through the Suez Canal versus go around. Hmm. So Ami and Kevin, I want to shift gears a bit because I want to get more into some of the ways that we're changing the game to respond to all of this stressful, harmful, disruptive landscape that's out there. Before I do, though, Seaham says, time for all supply chain functions to work together. It's not just about you. I love that, Seaham. Right. And Andre, okay, the world, uh, the more the world becomes paranoid, the shorter supply chains become. Not always good since cooperate, uh, cooperation and trust, as Ami said, is the way yeah. to go. And I love that book, by the way. Everybody write, everybody take that note. Ami mentioned only the paranoid survive. Y'all check that out. Okay, so I want to shift over to artificial intelligence, Kevin and Ami. Mm -hmm. Folks, as we all know, AI has been around for a long, long time, but 2023 seemed to be certainly at least one of the golden years of AI. So Ami, if you would share a few thoughts about how you see AI playing a critical role in the modern, like today's supply chain. Sure, first of all, I gotta say, I try to read a lot and I think it's important for deep thinking. So there's a great book about this called The Coming Wave which is talks exactly about this. So exactly tries to answer this question on supply chain, but on the world. And he talks about the convergence of trends. So first of all, I got to say, technology hasn't been, I think we, we need to appreciate that, hasn't been a rock star in supply chains. If you read Eric Johnson from Journal of Commerce for JOC, what he says is, listen, guys, all this log tech thing, you promised us to change the world. You raised mm. billions. What did we get? More cargo wise. More cargo-wise, that's what we got, right? Everybody's yeah. buying cargo-wise. So, so, so I think it's, it's part of the cycle. 2024 is really, in my view, the, the tipping point of AI in the enterprise, and I'll explain why. Gen AI and AI in general do, does a few big things. Number one, it reduces the bar. It's much easier to build something with generative AI, theoretically, than, than traditional AI. That's number one. Number two, it hyper-educated 
the executives. According to McKinsey, mm. 94% of the companies are going to invest more in AI in 24 than in 23. And 50% of the companies will have an AI-driven supply chain by 2025, I believe. Wow. So the demand, the customer side wants to move. From my experience, the problem is, which is what we're going to talk about today, you don't know where to move or mm. how to move. Like they feel there's a FOMO. If not, I'm, going to, I'm not going to do something with AI, yeah. you know, my compare is going to be better. This guy's going to make more money. I'm reading in chat GPT and the news. I need to do something. But then when you get drilled down to what exactly do you want to do, which is get, I get, I get, that's why Kevin's very successful. They need people like Kevin, they need people, people like you guys. They need hopefully thoughtful partners like us to help them translate that FOMO and budget to an outcome. And I think that's what we need to yeah. talk about today. How do you bridge FOMO to outcome? Because otherwise you just you end up with another innovation project nobody likes. And waste and waste and waste. we got to get to these yep. outcomes and kind of what you were alluding to. We talked a lot earlier this week about, and Kevin, I know you subscribe to this too, making it easier on our team to achieve yeah. more and to be more confident in their decisions and be able to make better decisions faster, right? Kevin, respond though to how Ami is painting the picture of how AI is already playing a role. Your thoughts, Kevin? So another flashback, cloud computing. You know, all of these executives got on the plane, looked in the uh, magazine and saw cloud computing. They said, I don't know what it is, but I want that. <laughs> and they they didn't know how get me to two yeah. <laughs> yeah me too get me two of these two clouds get me two clouds one for the lady out there please they had no idea how to link it to a business model they had no idea if it applied to their business model the same thing is happening to ai i just need to have ai okay how does that affect how does it support your process how does it support your business yep. model now what are you yep. going to do with AI, they don't care, they don't know. But the worst part of it, same thing in cloud, is they refuse to get the education they need to leverage it properly. Yep. There's not enough education on how to apply AI to your business model and, and, and the intersections. And in cloud, what that led to was a big increase in investment and then huge amounts of losses because they, they just bought cloud. <laughs> the wrong outcomes, the wrong outcomes, Kevin. No outcome. Yeah, no, yeah outcomes. no outcomes. All right, so I, I wanna, uh, we got a lot to get into and we're only, we're almost halfway there, Ami and Kevin. And I wanna take us into a very practical component of global supply chain management that's mm -hmm. timeless, right? But before I do, I want to share just a couple of quick comments. Bill is still talking about some adult beverages. He says that, and Bill, great to see you in Savannah. Coffee moonshine here and sweet whiskey in South Carolina at a burnt church distillery. Okay, Bill, love that. Hope okay. you in the he's a, he's a shareholder. Well. He's a shareholder. He's a shareholder. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Neil, thanks for being here, wherever you are. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Dr. Macholt says AI has been one of the yep. four top topics of this year's World Economic Forum. That recent was held in Davos. It affects all areas of business, society, and education. What a great point. Janice loves, I think what Ami said earlier, you said translate FOMO, fear of missing out, to yeah. a, an outcome, a positive outcome. I'm with you there, Janice. Thanks for being here. Let us know where you're tuned in hey, from. Before um, you go, you yeah, go. Kevin. you're talking about Bill, but Bill had, had mentioned Karen Angela Ponce, right? I don't want, I don't want you to forget her. You didn't talk about her. She's in the Philippines. She yelled out about San Miguel 
And I used to live in uh, Alangapo and Manila. So I, you know, and, and she didn't, she talked about San Miguel had a cherry beer or fruit flavored beer, whatever, you know, I, that's my girl right there. <laughs> Karen, great to have you here from the Philippines. <laughs> and thanks so much. For, uh, let us know. And folks, all the all there tuned in. Let us know what you think about these really big topics that we're talking about with Ami and Kevin here today. Okay. I want to talk about exception management, Ami and Kevin. And managing exceptions is no doubt an inseparable aspect to the role of supply chain management practitioners everywhere since the dawn of time, as I'll say a minute ago. But that critical responsibility is truly evolving. And in many ways, while the challenges and the scenarios and all the different factors are going up our ability to to better lead manage exceptions and everything else is right at our fingertips in many ways so i want to do this though i mean to make sure our whole audience is with us right from around the world let's define exception management first as it applies to shipping sure exception management is how do i find things that are not on the happy path very simply mm. Some people, BCOs, by the way, tend to call it critical events management. And if you think about the last couple of years, visibility emerges something. Visibility is the very basic thing, right? It's, I know where stuff is, but that in some way, shape or form, kind of overloads more the operators because mm. now they have more data. They need to figure things out in a different way. Exception management is making the product work for the operator. And tell them, listen, great, you know where stuff is, that's great, that's amazing, but how about we float the top five things for you? You're handling these top 10 shipments coming into these ports. Look at these top 10. Don't focus on these 1,000. So it's focus, focus, focus. It needs to be actionable. It needs to be interpretable. So you don't want to just say there's an exception. You want to say, what is the exception? Why is the exception? And what am I supposed to do about it? Tiny example, Red Sea. Okay. Some of the CMA CGM vessels sail through the Red Sea. Some of them don't. The Maersk U.S. flagged vessels sail through the Red Sea because the U.S. Navy provides escorts, but some of them don't. So you can't go around looking at the websites all day on the schedules and stuff like that. You kind of need exception. We rolled out an exception called root deviation that says this specific container is being deviated around the Cape of Good Hope and it's affected. Well, this one isn't. So that's a very tangible example of an exception. Does that make sense, Scott? Yeah, yeah it sure yeah. does. Kevin, your quick thoughts before I move to my next question for Ami. Well, when I, when I think about exceptions, one of the things, I mean, you, you mentioned it, you have to be smart, right, about it, specific, measurable, and, and, and so forth. What about leveraging exceptions with your, your partners as, as, things, as things change? I mean, no one operates as an island especially in the, the supply web, because it's not a chain. How, how do you leverage this exception, manage exception view with your mm -hmm. extended ecosystem? Mm. Yeah, it's, I, think it's, I think it's a great question. I think, first of all, you need to communicate in a different way. I'm mm. not sure people want 10,000 more emails. Well, we've yeah. been working right Don't here. sign Our, me up, please. Did you want, Scott, 10,000 more emails? I can get you anyway. I think what's been working for hey, our I'll customers. Do the same thing. I don't read the first 2,000, right. or whatever. I've been, email, I've been emailing Scott all week. He hasn't been responding. Anyway. But, but I think what's been working well to our customers is visual communication. So it's a mm. shareable link, which they can share with any, on any shipment, any vessel, any port, any cargo, just between them. 
So yeah. it's, you can operate on your mobile, you walk in the street, and therefore yeah. I think it reduces the, the, the amount of tension. It increases communication. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. I say a dynamic link is probably worth a million. Yes, mm. I, I'm with you. And you know what? That's a great foreshadowing question because that's where we're headed. Uh, similarly, where we're headed next with Ami. It's a, it's a great uh, word, foreshadowing, by the way. It's a great yeah. word. <laughs> like you're, you're, looking up. you're, you're up there. You're, you're up there. The, the Queen hey. of England is right now waving we're, at you saying, wow, foreshadowing. That's impressive. We're wow. expanding this our guy, vocabulary. Bring him to me. The king, hey. bring him to me. Before, though, Tim Ingram is with us. Tim, great to see you. Exception management is critical. The focus, Tim says, should be to prevent exceptions versus reactions to them. Great comment there, Tim. Great to see you. It's been too long. And then Sarah's reading our mind. Sarah says, hey, can we get some specific examples of how AI is being used by customers for supply chain? Sarah, you're here in the right place because our next question for Ami is kind of a great follow-up to what Kevin was just asking and what Ami was just answering. How is... When the rubber meets the road, how is innovative modern technology truly shaping and empowering Ami, our ability to manage exceptions a whole lot better, or as Tim put it, even prevent them? Your thoughts, Ami? Sure. I think there's, there's a few levels to it. First of all, I think AI is getting to supply chain planning, uh, and companies yeah. like O9 are doing it quite well. So it's basically taking all your demand information, your supply information, trying to match them, and go, go do that better. So that's one example. We're doing downstream supply chain, so it's taking all of your shipments globally, whether it's in containers or not in containers, A, predicting when they're going to arrive, which is quite hard, especially nowadays. And when I say predicting, it's not really the ships, it's also the containers, because container might be have one, two, three sh- transshipments. About half of the containers in the world get to transshipments, so you need to predict that. Mm. That's one layer of AI. The second one's exceptions are also level of AI. So predicting you're going to miss a transshipment, predicting late allocation of a vessel, predicting a route deviation, predicting a, a skipped port, predicting the fact that the schedule doesn't make sense. So that's, these are all examples of AI that I think can work for you. The next level, which we'll talk about in a bit, I guess, is also putting your data to work because mm. many people want to source data and get more data, but I think they're leaving on the floor or on the table their own data. So in our view... The last level of really AI is to take public and commercial data, the atoms, if you bit, the movements and the atoms in the bit, if you will, and connects mm-hmm. it with the, the bits, the documents and the files and information you have and marry them. I think that's probably the holy grail. If you ask me 2024, that's the tipping point again to getting there. Well, that's where we're going wow. next in 2024 and beyond, really. But Kevin, I want to get your comments on what Ami said there. And I want to do so, but with this preface, way back in the day when big data became a term, I don't know, that we that we were using regularly yeah. as like cliche, 50, I'll call it 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. The common refrain from a lot of folks was, okay, great. We spent all this money to gather all this data, but what are we going to do with it? Well, now mm. to Ami's point, the third point there, man, putting that wealth of data to work is a big advantage for practical effective users of artificial intelligence. Kevin, your thoughts so on the, the, the little three-point checklist that Ami just gave us? I feel like I want to be a contrarian, right? Okay. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking about the, the pandemic. I mean, we've forgotten that. That was so far along, you know, <laughs> you know, also last year. But remind, pandemic, remind me which, which pandemic? The right. Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything broke because yeah. we were using data from before 
to try to manage in a unique environment. And you could no longer yep. really predict because your environment wasn't the past anymore. Correct. Now, sounds like I'm afraid, now we're going to use AI to try to look at data, still try to look at data in the past to try to predict the future. And AI may, may make mistakes also. Do we need to also look at the AI mistakes so that we can maybe predict better in the future? Or yep. is, the, is the data in the past no longer valid because of all the change in, in every day? It's, we actually have a, a new set of initial conditions. Yesterday, they weren't shooting rockets in the Red Sea. Today, they are. <laughs> you know, the next day, you're going to have ICBMs flying all over the place. So how do you balance all of this? So, so I think it's a great point, by the way. I am actually not pure AI believer. I don't mm. think AI, that's the holy grail that's going to solve all your problems. <laughs> Just sign up, you'll be profitable or profitable. Not at all. Actually, I think a hybrid approach is probably the best one. Humans okay. and AI kind of com complement themselves together. I think you need to, as a tech company, you need to deploy all the ways to solve problems. By the way, rule engines is one of them. Oh my God, I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> ML is one of them. Unsupervised learning, supervised deep learning, LLMs. It's all tools in your toolbox to solve the relevant problem. Actually, I think also, if you listen well to the CTO of OpenAI, Ilya, he says that you can't actually trust LLMs completely. And I spoke to one of our customers today who's trying to use Copilot in their data and they asked the customer, the, the, the co-pilot something, and yeah. the co-pilot on their business, on their business, and the co-pilot literally invented something completely wrong. Okay? <laughs> completely wrong on their business. So I don't think it's there yet. Maybe GPT-5 will be there. Maybe GPT-6 will be there. I think you should think about a hybrid approach where you mm. have a back office to validate it, but you still leverage AI. No, no binary outcome, I think, is a good one. Yes. Trust the computer, do what it says, you know, not there yet. Ignore the computer, keep on with, with Scott's uh, handwritten notes to yeah. manage supply chains. That's also not good because I think when you're not moving, all the rest of the world is moving and it's moving quite fast. Always remember the CEO of Nokia. They were at the top, Kodak. They were at yeah. the top. You know, I, Blockbuster. I, you, Kevin. I, was, I, I was working, <laughs> exactly, Blockbuster. I was working, <laughs> walking with my kids in Germany and they saw this strange thing. Like these these Kodak um, round things, and they're saying that, and, and like black things would look like, like how is it called? You, you, camera maybe camera, and they're like, Dad, what is that? And I had to tell them all the story. You know, it used to be cameras and new Kodak films and all that story. So never forget that. You know, only the paranoid survive. Yeah. I see. I see Scott there has built to last. So if you want to be built to last, <laughs> you probably need to move. Am I the first guest yeah. to paraphrase that, by the way? You're the, you know what? You're the first guest to notice that I swapped out that book just a couple of days ago. So, I mean, you don't miss anything. <laughs> hey, really quick. You know, Kevin. one thing. So, so, you know, what I hear Emmy say, this is what he said. You can look at the weatherman or the weather woman, and they'll tell you what the American model says or what the European model says, and you can believe it, but you still need to look out the window. 
right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> to hey, know what the weather right. is. <laughs> so, correct. I want to pull a broader point out of this, and then we're going to get back to talking tech. And Ami, I really appreciate what you said a minute ago that you're not a 100% AI fixes everything and just rely on AI. That's a great point. And I want to bring in a couple of comments here. I think this is, I think this is Thomas Dent, I believe. Catherine and Amanda, help me out if you would, who says, if you don't have discipline, the people don't have discipline with the fundamentals. AI just exasperates the exceptions mm. at scale and with more velocity. That's such a great point. And Tim says, AI doesn't make mistakes. People do regarding clean data versus dirty data and so on and so forth. So I want to ask you this, Ami, when we come to, you know, a lot of folks will blame technology for various ills of the day, mm -hmm. but perhaps an equal opportunity, if not a bigger opportunity we have is to focus on the people in our teams and make sure they mm -hmm. understand the why, understand what we're trying to do, mm -hmm. what's in it for them, make sure they have the training they need and know how to use mm -hmm. this wealth of technology to do their job better. Talk to that point, if you would, Ami. Yeah, sure. If you, uh, I attended the Gartner conference, supply chain conference in, in Barcelona in, in June, I believe, I was speaking there. And I think it was one of the top three issues of, by Gartner, which is manpower. Specifically mm. in supply chain, I think it's quite a challenge. Many, many of the operations have been offshored. I heard India, I heard Philippines, I know a bit of Malaysia, but they've been offshored. And then you, you get these teams in Europe or the US that creates these processes but these ops teams that are doing these processes in a completely different place. And I think it's quite a challenge because if, if you want to get prop, proper tech and proper AI into baking it properly, you need to build the processes for the people to translate the technology into better decisions. And actually AI today can really take decisions. So someone needs to pick up the phone and do something or send an email or do something. But you can automate a lot of that and like to talk about three outcomes our customers get. And want to get, number one, better customer service. You should tell your customers, hey, you're going up against a big charge of demargin detention, my friend. Okay, heads up. You're going to have, you know, a couple hundred bucks extra on this container. Usually they tell you that after the fact, not ahead of the fact. That's one win <laughs> yeah. you can get. Make your customers, you know, understand where they're going after or where they're going into. Number two, increase your efficiency. You have hundreds of teams in the world buried in papers and phone calls, checking websites. Right. I think to retain them and to get more out of them, you need to look at what are the big chunks of their schedule. My chairman mm -hmm. asked me to analyze my schedule and show it to him to get some feedback on, am I using my time properly? So similarly, analyze the time of your, of your team and see what are the big chunks they're doing. And number three, do you have new revenue opportunities just out there that you're not picking up? Again, the margin intention is a good example. I know business leaders who told me that they simply could charge more, but they're not doing it because the team aren't picking up that from the contracts. They're just missing that because it's too much. Mm -hmm. So better customer service, more efficiency, more revenue. Outcomes, outcomes, outcomes. Outcomes, oh. outcomes, outcomes. Hey, Kevin, folks loved your weatherman quote, Janice and uh, Dr. Mackholtz and others, and that, me too. I'm going to steal that from you for sure. But Kevin, those three things, better customer service, increased efficiency, new revenue opportunities, all about can be gained by focusing on the people and the process as much as the technology. Your quick thoughts okay. there, Kevin. So, Ami, you have a scale. And on one side of the scale, you can put humans. On the other side of the scale, you can put AI. Which Bots. way does the scale go? Oh, man. <laughs> 
We're, it's a good you know, question. I don't think there's one answer that's right. I think it's a different answer for every organization. Many ways to skin a cat. You know, every business is different. I, I always tell like my investors, and I, me. And, <laughs> no, I always tell my investors, you know, you're publicly traded in London, so I get, I get scrutinized all day long. And I tell to our customers and to our board and to our team, different is better than better. People without imagination look at their competitors and, 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 and copy. And that's a great form mm -hmm. of flattery. I, I enjoy getting that flattery from our competitors. However, if you really want to build a growing viable business, you need to have your own business thesis and business strategy. And therefore, there's no right answer. Maybe for some operation, it's all manual because it's like five friends and they know what they're doing and they, can, they have this okay. telepathy. On the other hand, some that maybe you have your expense base in a super expensive place like the US and you need to automate that because that's your biggest bucket. I don't think there's yeah. one good answer. There's maybe a good answer for you, not a good answer for everyone. We need a couple more hours, Kevin and Ami, <laughs> to more fully explore all the various answers to that question. But I like that. All right. For the sake of time, Kevin and Ami, mm -hmm. I want to get into this last big segment. We, folks, we got some resources that Ami and the Windward team brought here today. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to make it really easy for you. We're going to make sure we get you connected with Kevin and Ami here at the tail end. But before we get all there, I want to spend some time exploring your vision, Ami. i got a two-part question for you because I, I am fundamentally and firmly, what other adverbs can I add to it? Unequivocally. I am, thank you. Unequivocally. I love that Standing one. Standing in concrete. Yes. I am an optimist, and I believe that we can work through all of these challenges today and that our future is brighter because of that faith and optimism and confidence, right? And my heart goes out. Amen. To Amen. Yes, right. So to that, though, I want you to bring the ammunition that supports that claim. Two-part question. And Kevin, I look forward to getting your thoughts on Ami's parts here. Your okay. vision, a few elements of your vision for the future of supply chain and going back to the power in particular of Gen AI and how that's going to shape not only the future, but today, tell us, uh, speak to us about your vision and yeah. where G Gen AI plays into it. I mentioned before, I think today we have two disparate worlds. We have the world of atoms moving around the world and we have the world of bits moving in computers and they're usually matched in hindsight. So you have mm. hundreds of people like looking at all the, the documents and going six to nine months after the fact and kind of matching that and people don't close P&Ls and they don't get things mm -hmm. done and they chase them. And I think if you look at all the solutions in the world, they're kind of trying to be plugs. And I think if you want to ask for vision, you, you plug is not the right vision, I, I, I think. Connecting the worlds of atoms and bits and I think unleashing or unlocking, you will unlock better customer service, you will unlock more revenue, you will unlock more efficiency. The challenge is, Scott, that to do that, you need that thing called leadership. And I think if I would like to reference another book, you know, I told you have a book guy, that's cross and that's crossing the chasm. Did you read it? Yes. Yeah. Way uh, back yeah. then. Right. It's a way back then because it's a classic, right? It's a classic. So I think organizations would be wise also to read it and understand where, where are they in crossing the chasm? Are, do they want to be the innovators? Do you want to be the early adopters? Do you want to be the late majority, the early majority, the laggards right. and so forth? And I think, I'm not sure a lot of executives at IEC take conscious decisions about that. You need to be deliberate because that drives a lot of your decisions. And when you do that, choose one or two or three main partners. Don't spray and pray. Believe in somebody <laughs> and be willing to fail because you have a journey to go. And I can tell you our partners choose us 
And I always look them in the eye before any like big partner chooses us. I go there, mm -hmm. I meet them or they come here and I look at them in the eye. I said, you know what? We got this. If something's wrong, it's on me. Okay. In, it's 2 a.m. Part of my friend, shit hits the fan. Sometimes shit hits the fan. You got somewhere to mm -hmm. call. They think it's not Ghostbusters, by the way. No, that's <laughs> so, so I think that's part of it. So be deliberate, cross the chasm, choose the right partner and connect atoms and bits. Does that make sense as a wrap up? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Kevin, your thoughts on what Ami just walked us through. I'm looking at the clock and I, I don't want to stop this. This is so much fun. So, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to ask a question that, cause I want to pick your brain on what you're seeing in the future. I mean, a lot of artificial intelligence is focused on a particular industry or particular function. And it's been very successful. Like you're using AI in shipping, right? Mm -hmm. But you talk a lot about how geopolitics affects mm -hmm. shipping. So mm -hmm. how in the future will AI be used to examine mm -hmm. the edge? the intersection between geopolitics and shipping or the intersection between shipping and air cargo. Because I think there's a lot of value and, and history has shown that most value is found at the intersections of these processes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I think you're absolutely correct. I think you need to look at three different levels of insight. I actually heard this from, from an admiral friend of ours. One, uh, to, to, the Navy admiral, obviously. Mm -hmm. One is a tactical insight. So you could get, where should I sail? Where should I ship? Where should I, that's a tactical insight. I think most of the supply chain world right now is in tactical insights. Mm -hmm. The second is a, an economical insight, which means, should I be, should I be nearshoring? Should I be using this route or that route? And the third is the geopolitical insight, which is kind of the high level. I think it's very hard to connect the macro to the micro right now. There are also many, many parameters that flow in. It's like saying, what influences the price of oil? The news, <laughs> geopolitics, everything, right? Well, whatever right. Trump says can influence the price of oil. Twitter can <laughs> yeah. influence the price of oil. Right? Nobody really knows. So I agree with you. However, I think it's way better. It's pr probably AGI can do that. So perhaps if Zuckerberg really develops an AGI <laughs> or open AI, Maybe AGI can put an, an artificial general mm. intelligence, can put all of that together and answer that question. But I think until that happens, I, I suspect the signals on the geopolitical side will be macro signals. Should I be nearshoring or should I not be nearshoring? Like that type. Yes. And yeah. I think we should focus on outcomes for 2024 so we can reap benefits because trust is hard to buy and easy to lose. That's right. And mm. if you want to get AI into a traditional area like supply chain, you need outcomes, right. outcomes, outcomes, trust, trust, trust. Otherwise, we're all meet again in a year's time. It will be a nice innovation project. And innovation don't, doesn't build big companies. It doesn't reap a lot of benefits unless the business adopts it and does a digital transformation. Thank, right. thank you, Red. I don't think I want to call the AGI genie out just yet. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No. Not yet. It will, be, it will be a bit of an hasta la vista, baby, to go to quote another movie. But, you know, to your question you posed, Kevin, and Ami's wonderful answer, I thought, because there's lots of answers to that question, I do believe we'll always be surprised, unfortunately, in yeah. global supply chain. That's the nature of what we do. But 
yeah. there's less surprises. There's better opportunities to plan because going back to what Ami shared early on in the conversation, research after research, the organizations and leaders that really invest in preparing and I hate to use a cliche yeah. future proofing organization. Those are the ones mm -hmm. that are built to last, but also can succeed in the turns as, as I think Gartner coined it. So there, so we have the great opportunity to have, and our team is to have far less surprises. Okay. Yeah. Kevin. That's and a winning Ami, line. That's right. That's a winning, it's a winning line. Okay. I will roll with it. If, if, Hey, we've got Ami and Kevin endorsing it, man, we can, we can <laughs> rule the world. But hey, folks, in the pre-show that y'all didn't capture here today, some of y'all that have seen me and Kevin's earlier shows, or even somewhere Greg's with us too, you may know that Kevin's call sign back in the Navy was Blaze, right? He's got, <laughs> he's got some great stories there. So in the pre-show here today, Ami's like, hey, you know what? Y'all are going to give me a call sign here today. And you know what, Ami? Sarah has delivered. Because a minute ago, oh. I asked you for ammunition to support something I was putting out there. Well, Sarah says, no, no, no. Um, I'm in this. Boom. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm saying it wrong. I'm in this. I'm in this. All right. I love that. That's a good one. Thank you. I'm going to put it down, my friends. Please. I'm going to put it down. That's it. All right. You know, it's, 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 it's on the helmet. It's on the helmet. No copyrighted, Sarah. That's right. Do it now. Great to TM. have you here. I'm in TM. <laughs> everybody i know we could we had so many great comments here today as we start to kind of move into down the home stretch i know we couldn't hit everybody but really thanks for bringing it and of course ami and the windward team may be circling back on some of these comments and who knows the conversations that can take place after wonderful live stream events like this one but yeah wait there's more i love yeah. it when folks kevin bring resources to the table so whether you work with Windward, which I'm sure Ami and the team would love, and they've been growing left and right, or if you don't work with Windward, you can still benefit mm -hmm. from the resources that they bring, including, first up, a free report. I think I've got a graphic here on what's been going on in the Red Sea and, and how wow. you can better navigate it, right? So y'all check this out. Free report, the Houthi effect. The right price, That's right. Global ports. <laughs> Y'all check that out. We're dropping the link in, in the chat for this report. Uh, it's really easy to download. I did it earlier today. But wait, we've got more. If you want to learn more. And I, I love how Ami, Kevin, he really focuses so much on industry and leadership mm -hmm. and the challenges of practitioners. You didn't hear him sell Windward enough. So I'm going to have to do it for you, Ami. Folks, learn more <laughs> about the really cool things, innovative things they're doing. Windward Ocean Freight Visibility Solutions. We're dropping that link there. Very informational. And folks, don't take our word for it. Book a demo. We're dropping a third link where you can click on that and you'll really understand the benefit you can gain, that your teams can gain most importantly from working with yeah, Ami yeah, yeah. and the Windward team. Kevin, before I go on, because we're going to make sure folks know how to connect with Ami, if they want to uh -huh. have a keynote or if they want to do global supply chain better, or if they just want to have a great time and enjoy someone that has really set out to change the world. And I really mean that lots of, of being, I'm being genuine. What's the, what's the right participle of that word? I really mean that uh, I'm not saying that as, as lip service, Kevin, talk to this opportunity that we have here to do business different and really lean in with your teams to technology that allow you to do just that. So, so I like the AI guy saying, be balanced, <laughs> and, and and that's a, that's a, that's a, a critical takeaway, right? Philosophers say all things in moderation, 
that includes your AI. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for that. That's yeah, all right. I'm taking that away. Diversification isn't just for your stock portfolios, is it, Kevin? Right, you know I mean, right. you got to take a, a balanced approach to doing business better. I mean, those three resources, especially, you know, we talked about the free report. We talked about learning more about what y'all do at Windward. And we also talked about the demo. What would you personally invite? If you had a magic wand and could divert people's attention to one of those, what would that be, I mean? Go for the demo. Don't waste time reading. Take a look at the real tech. You know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't believe presentations. I don't believe slideware. I only believe real technology that I can right. measure because the, the, the world is full of, you know, tech BS. When they go and get stuff, the stuff gets going, my friend. So go, 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 get some, go get some real tech, not slideware. Man, I love that. So y'all check that out. And as Amanda, and big thanks to Amanda and Catherine and Daniel behind the scenes helping facilitate things, authentic is the word I was reaching for. I've, I've yeah. had the good fortune, Kevin, to spend some time on two or three occasions with Ami. And I'm telling you, the person you see in front of this camera is the same person you see behind the scenes, very passionate <laughs> about doing, doing things better. I love that. Okay, I got two final questions, and then we're going to wrap. I want to make sure folks know how to connect with both Ami and Kevin. Let's start with Ami. Ami, Ami Daniel, changing the world at Windward. How can folks connect with you and the team? Well, I think it's even drop me a line. It's Ami at winward.ai. So it's A-M-I at W-I-N-D-W-A-R-D.ai. Or just grab me on LinkedIn. It's Ami Daniel on LinkedIn. You'll see my handsome face all over there. <laughs> oh, and, and follow me because I try to analyze like global events every day or so in the last month and show you what the data really means about it. It's widely quoted and about a, a billion and a half people saw it in the last month. So Take a look at it and let me know what you think. I might be getting it completely wrong. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> and I appreciate that transparency. And, and by the way, Kevin, let's see here. My book count, Only the Paranoid yeah. Survive, Coming Wave, Crossing the Chasm, which is a, a, a good, an oldie, and of course, Built to Last, mm -hmm. a Good to Great. is I like that one even better than that, than Built to Last. So all on your reading list from uh, me. But Kevin, love what you have been doing at digital transformers with kevin the one and only kevin l jackson i always enjoy thank these you. conversations you. with you how can folks connect with you kevin well you can you can always get me at supplychain.com on the digital drummers but on uh, linkedin as well and on x at kevin underscore jackson don't email me uh, you know i'm like fifty thousand. Behind. Behind. So. <laughs> oh, what a great conversation, Kevin and Ami. Really enjoyed both y'all. Hey, look here. Bill Stankevich, our dear friend down in Savannah, says, drop that chat, that contact information in the chat, and Daniel's on the spot. Ami, you're out there, my friend. You're going to get all sorts of invites and requests to analyze what's going on out there in the business world. So ask and ye shall receive. Ami, Really enjoyed our time here today. Really appreciate what you and the Winward team are doing. Big thanks to Ami Daniel, co-founder and CEO of Winward. We will Thank see you. Thank you, Ami. That's right. Thank you very much. You Thanks, bet. guys. It's been fun. Let's do it again soon. We will. And Kevin L. Jackson, I really love how we tackled this conversation from a couple of different angles. And I'll tell you, you and Ami are going to have to take it on the road. You're quite a one-two punch. Yeah, We're going to have I, to maybe have the Rolling Stones open for y'all, huh? <laughs> I tell you, uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift is coming to London. Let's be the warm up after. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. The pre-show was so fun. I didn't know I wanted to do the show, but this is great. It was great. It was great. And folks, next time we'll talk about Kevin L. Jackson's basketball exploits with David Robinson. Admiral. So stay tuned. But yeah, hey, that'll be a short conversation. That's right. Hey, kidding aside, though, folks. Kidding aside. Thanks for being here. Thanks for all the comments. No, we couldn't get to everybody. Really appreciate that. But whatever you do, right? Take something from that Ami or Kevin dropped here, the brilliance they dropped on us here today, and put it into action. Your teams will appreciate it. And with that said, on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.